Eurobark Podcast. Voices from the Parks. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Europarks Podcast, Voices from the Parks. Today I am joined by two young women and I will discuss youth participation in protected areas with them. We will also take a closer look at big societal topics like climate change and rural development and the role of young people and protected areas within them. From Cairngorms National Park in Scotland, Youth Action Team member Anya Taylor will show us how her park is implementing the Europark Youth Manifesto. And from the other side of the pond, Carolina Kinesa, the spokesperson of the Youth Advisory Board in the Men and Biosphere Reserve of the Italian Julian Alps, will talk about her experience and their work within the park. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. So, before we get started, let's get to know you a bit better. Enya, to start with you, why is the Cairngorms National Park important to you and why did you decide to join the Youth Action Team? So the Cairngorms are such an important place to me and I grew up, I grew up just next to them and they played a big part of, in my life and um, always sort of going out there and getting out in nature. Um, and I think a, a really big reason for getting involved is that I was aware that to a lot of other people around me and a lot of other young people that that, that wasn't the case so much. Um, that we lived on the doorstep of this fantastic national park and yet so many people didn't didn't access it and didn't feel sort of any attachment or ownership towards it and I, I thought that was a real shame and that was one of the really big reasons when, when I saw that this was advertised that they were looking for young people to get involved in a project I thought that is perfect for me I, I have to sign up um, and it, it was just really exciting to see that the national park were actually interested in what young people had to say and, you know, that that just seemed perfect for me. So that's why I got involved. Yeah, that's excellent. And do you have any idea why other young people might have not have that attachment that you had from a young age to nature? Yeah, I think that, you know, so often people kind of view it as, particularly where I'm from, I, I think because there's sort of a skiing resort and, you know, there's lots of kind of outdoor activity that maybe costs money. So I, I think a lot of young people kind of, can't afford to do that and unless they're from a sort of a background where their, their family can afford that so often that's not the case and I I think for me it's one of the important things is kind of highlighting that you know you can get out there and do loads of things for free and it's you know it's not you don't need to be educated about sort of outdoor things to do that you can just get out there and enjoy it and I, I think that that's really not known and that's something that's been important for our group to try and kind of change that attitude and make it more accessible to all young people. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Anya. Um, so, Carolina, pretty much the same question for you. So, what makes you passionate about your protected area and what motivated you to join the Youth Advisory Board? Well, um, I have to say that I have always been in contact with nature. I have always lived here among between mountains and uh, I started feeling this attachment to my to my place when I was 12 when I started with the with the junior ranger program and uh, when I got the age of 16 that um, allowed me to enter the youth advisory board I said uh, that I wanted to go on with this uh, path and now I'm here and I do this because I really do love this place and I think 
young people should know where they do live. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And and what is it about your place that you that you love so much and that you want to um inspire other young people to love as well? The fact that we don't know it. We will never know it fully and there's always something to know, always something new. And that's interesting and fascinating at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. There's always something to discover out in nature. Okay, that's great. Thank you, guys. So, and actually, apart from both of you uh, being very passionate about your protected areas, you have something else in common. And that is that you're both living and working in more or less rural areas. And this is actually not so common anymore, as about 70% of the EU population lives in urban areas. And especially young people tend to move away to bigger cities for job opportunities or universities and such. Now, Enya, you already explained why your area is so important to you. And you already also showed um, that for some young people, there's maybe a feeling that you can't do anything fun in nature for free, so to say. And it's sort of reflected in the visitor profile for the Caragorns National Park, where young people under 30 are the least represented. Now, do you have any ideas on how rural and protected areas can better attract young people and especially attract those living in larger cities and connect them to nature? Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge problem in our area and, and certainly something that I really wanted to avoid. I've always wanted to come back to living in my home. I, I moved away to study at university much, much like many people did and chose to return because it, it really meant a lot to me to be there. Um, but I think for so many people that that's not possible. You know, all the things you touched on around employment and opportunities, they just don't exist as much in those areas. Um, and I think it's really important that national parks and look at how how to appeal young people because there are so many things in those areas that don't exist in other places and I think instead of looking at all the things that are missing and all the opportunities that you might not have we really need to kind of flip that and start looking at all the fantastic things that you do not get anywhere else and I think you know there are loads of opportunities if if you're kind of selling the right ones if that makes sense I think that's definitely something we've started to look at doing more because you know, lots more young people are interested in, and I think particularly as a response to, you know, COVID-19, lots more people want to get out in nature and feel a lot better doing that. And I think this is really a time we could maybe start to see a change and start to really sell those things that are unique to those areas. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I think um, we saw everywhere that people during COVID-19, or still, obviously, are really fleeing to the mountains, so to say. Um, so what are some of those things that you think um, are the selling points of, of rural areas or in particular your area? Yeah, so I, I think community is a big one. And I think we've really seen that kind of come together in this past year and a half. And actually those relationships that we have with people and that feeling of being connected to a place, a lot of the time comes from the, the people that we know in that area and I think so often you know having lived in bigger cities that 
it exists to an extent, but nowhere near in the same way as it does in rural communities. And I, th I think that's a really unique and exciting thing. But I suppose additionally, where I'm from, you know, there's so many opportunities in terms of different types of outdoor sports and learning and conservation. And I, I just think that so many young people would be, you know, maybe even young people that are not originally from those areas will have interest in that. And that's what we need to kind of be pushing and maybe accepting that it's okay that some young people want to leave that area, but we need to bring in other ones then rather than always, I think we focus a lot on how do we retain people, but it's actually about how do we appeal to them and how do we get people and that doesn't matter where they're from then, you know, that there could be someone from a big city who's got far more interest than someone that's originally from a rural area. So yeah, it's, it's certainly not a, it's not an easy thing, but I, I think that we're starting to see a bit of a shift and see more and more young people choosing to stay, which I, I think is really great. And maybe with more things going online and people working from home, maybe that will help as well. Cause I, I think so often that's, that's the reason that people have to go. So, yeah. No, perfect. Thank you. And um, Carolina, just uh, jumping onto you now. And the Prealpi Julia Youth Advisory Board also actively tries to keep young people in the area and involve them. And why do you think that's so important for your area? I think that that it's the most important thing because we are the future of these places. And if I think uh, about all the guys of my age, as Amy said, they are not so interested in the life and and the future of these places so i think involving youngsters is the most important thing and maybe doing that from since they are kids like five six years old because it's the only in my opinion is one of the most good ways to make them understand that and exactly i think um what you're mentioning and what anya was also mentioning it's sort of about changing the mindset about what a place has to offer and if you keep saying that something doesn't have much to offer then at some point this will be perpetuated um and carolina just to um continue that a bit what are some problems um that particularly affect young people that that are happening in in your area well for example <clears throat> uh, talking about my experience going to high school wasn't that easy um the the closest place was at one hour of bus from here and if you wanted to and if you want if i wanted to go to another school maybe further i had to do like two hours on uh, on public um transport public means of transport and uh, this is maybe the most banal example but Uh, if you need something, you have to take your car and leave for at least one hour. And that's that's not good. For example, if you work uh, in a place that it's not close from my village, you have to drive for one hour a day. And I also understand if someone wants to leave and wants to get closer to the place he or she works. Um, or also uh, the services, the, the, there are no services here, like uh, post offices or something like that. And it's not that comfortable living here. So if you live here, you know what you're going through. Um, 
it can be stressful it can be annoying i don't know but if you want to live here you have to like the way you live here so what is the youth advisory board trying to maybe do to improve this situation or have you already seen some improvements up to now we have seen more and more interest the activities that we are organizing like for example in musical events or also hiking trips something like this uh, are involving more youngsters i think mainly because they are organized by youngsters and we can understand way better the issues of the youngsters and yes that live here and yes we we move in this way but soon we can do way more stuff and maybe cooperate with more associations and create more projects we have um, we, we are kind of free we can do whatever we want and we are working on this <laughs> yeah that's great and i mean um it is a process of course you can't go from uh, zero to a hundred uh, that quickly but i think it's already a great sign to hear that there's more interest so uh, great work i would say um Yeah, to circle back a little bit to what you were saying before as well, Anya, is that often yeah, young people move away from rural areas um, due to lack of job opportunities. And even with the increase, of course, of remote working due to COVID, it's not a possibility for all job groups. So um, in the Europark Youth Manifesto, um, Yeah, we call upon parks and rural areas to help young people live, work, and learn. So Enya, um, as protected areas are often in rural areas, what role do you think they can play and take on? I think they have a, a huge role to play in that. And I, I think they really have an opportunity to lead that because I, I think the benefit is is huge for the for the park getting involved in terms of The kind of all the various communities engaging with their park. I think that one of the things that we've started to look at, and we're still quite a quite a new group, so we didn't exist until after the youth manifesto. This kind of it kind of launched our group. Um, but one of the things we're really looking at in terms of I suppose the issue about keeping young people in the area and attracting young people is actually about developing the right kind of employability skills and and looking at what what things are needed in our parks and what skills are required and then actually looking at getting young people sort of work experience and things from a much younger age because I think so often people are just not aware I mean I certainly was not aware of a lot of these options when I was at school um, and I wouldn't have known you know what sort of things were required in my community to, to keep it going and I think that's really important is that actually building that awareness and showing people what everybody does within a, within a place and, and how we can each feed into that, I think is really important. And I think the park can really lead on that. So that's definitely something we've been looking at. And in terms of sort of um, some of the things Car Carolina was saying there, that's absolutely the same issues that we find um, in our area and the same kind of reasons that young people sort of don't want to stay there but I, I think you're absolutely right about finding you know making that choice and finding that thing about your community that you love that makes you want to be there and I think that's really important because so often we forget what that thing is and I, I, for me it took moving away to university to actually be like oh 
gosh, I really miss that place. But I think so often for young people because you know we've never we've never seen that. We we just think of all the negative things, and that's such a shame because actually I think there's so much so much to offer, and I think the national parks have a huge role in kind of inspiring young people and and helping them to see you know the benefits of that in their area. Exactly, um, and I think you know. Um, it's exactly that again, sort of a new way of thinking and thinking, okay, well, what are the jobs that are actually offered there? Um, and what kind of skills do I need for that? And actually building onto that, do you think there's other entrepreneurial skills that would be important for young people in rural areas to develop? And yeah, how can we help them uh, help rural young people, so to say, develop these? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've been quite inspired by in the Cairngorms is, is actually their involvement as a kind of park authority with all the businesses in the area, not necessarily run ones that kind of relate to them at all. And um, so often, I think working in, in an area like this, particularly for young people, often the work that you can get is seasonal. So, you know, in Scotland, a lot of it is, is tourism. Um, so not very stable employment. And actually, I think the park has kind of engaged with businesses across the board to kind of build better relationships with them and look at how we all work together. And, and that's not necessarily to do with, you know, their their day-to-day -day working. And I think that's really fantastic, actually, looking at that kind of bigger picture. Um, and I think that's what we all, across the board, not, not just in national parks, but that's what we all need to kind of be doing a bit more of is actually looking at how all these things connect together because they absolutely do. I think that's brilliant. Uh, I think one of the most important things is if we want to tackle some of the the bigger problems that we are facing is indeed um, connecting to other sectors and uh, a national park or a protected area is not just a standalone thing, but we need everybody involved to also um, highlight how special these places are. Um, so we've already talked a bit about problems and um, potential solutions. And um, I would say that both the Youth Advisory Board and the Youth Action Team are great ways to tackle these challenges in rural areas. And um, Carolina, I just wanted to ask you, what are you most proud of that the Youth Advisory Board has achieved so far? The most thing I appreciate is uh, that we are a great group and we are all wanting to achieve our goals. So involving youngsters and uh, make make other people know and uh, also emulate what we do we do what what we do because it happened sometimes that we were asked to talk about our advisory board because so many guys uh, around Italy or even in Europe wanting to do wanted to do something like our ours and uh, um another thing that i really like is uh, one project we are trying to to um to reach to to realize which is a big cooperation with Slovenia which is a transboundary um biosphere reserve which could help with uh, our communication, our 
also our she, uh, relationship with the, our Slovenian um, friends. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, Anya, I actually have again a similar question for you. Um, both, what are you proud of that the youth action team has achieved, or is there anything that you really hope to achieve in the future? Yeah, I think the fact that we still exist is the biggest one because we we launched in October 2019, so not long before everything went into lockdown and we've been in a pandemic. So the fact that we still kind of managed to you know build our membership and get people engaged and coming to online meetings rather than some of the maybe more exciting things we, we would have planned previously, I think is a real testament to how passionate the group of young people are in being involved in this. And I, I think that's really great. And it actually gets really excited for what things will be like, you know, as we continue to be able to return to some normality and, and do some of those more exciting things. Um, and, and in that time, I suppose we've kind of built um, our relationships with other organizations and sort of people in the community and with the national park. And, you know, we've had people sort of at meetings representing us and we've been involved in all sorts of projects. and. People are now starting to approach us and ask the group if we can, you know, find out information or, or go and get a wider opinion from other young people, not just the ones in our group. And I, I think that's really great. And it, it's kind of starting to, to build. And, you know, I know earlier we talked about how these, these things take time. And I, I think that the fact that we've been doing that throughout COVID and still getting here, I, I just think is really um, fantastic. And I, I'm really pleased with that. And I, I suppose in terms of, exciting things to come and um, we have I mean we have all sorts of ideas some some of them I, I wonder if they'll ever happen because <laughs> we, we talk about how we'd love to have like a, a festival for young people in the park and I'm, I'm not sure if our budget will ever stretch to that but we definitely have kind of more realistic plans that I, I think are equally exciting so one of the things we're, we're talking about doing is a, a grant um sort of scheme for young people and, and this was an idea that we got we've got quite a good relationship um with a group in Finland and just before all of this sort of happened with COVID we, we, we'd seen them in Finland and, and they've been over to us and we we kind of learned about the things that they were doing in their group there um, and one of the things that they do is this this grant where people can apply and um, for small pots of money uh, to do something in their area because we often find that young people you know don't need very much money to do so it might be a project that would cost 50 pounds but actually you can't apply for something like that. Um, and I know they, they told us a story about how one, one group of girls in, in Finland had created an escape room that, that, that taught people the history of their village, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I think that's, that would be a really exciting thing to see, to see happen in our area. So that's something we're working towards. And we're hoping to launch um, you know, when things are able to again. Obviously, a lot of our plans are kind of on on hold at the moment but as I said it's the fact that we've kept people interested and we've, we've built that membership um, from scratch really during that time I, I think is really good so. Definitely and I think it's uh, especially if you're able to do that during COVID it, it shows even more just the, the need and, and yeah the motivation of young people to get started and, and build something in their in their area so that's that's great to hear. Um, so yeah, we've already talked about um, the specific challenges in rural areas and um, 
how parks can help with that, that protected areas can help with that. But if we zoom out of that a little bit, um, there are other big challenges that obviously affect us all, like the climate crisis and the massive biodiversity loss. And more than ever, we see big groups of young people raising their voice for our planet and demanding change. So, um, Anya, to continue with you, from your perspective, um, what do you think the role of youth is here? And why is it so important to involve them in the solutions? I think the role of young people is, is huge in this. I mean, I suppose ultimately we're the, we're the ones that are going to be around to see the impact of this and see how this plays out the most. And I, I think that, you know, one, one of the things I think is, is quite interesting, there's a lot of focus on kind of the things that we, we need to know and in, in order to save the planet and, and why we need to do it. And actually, when it comes to young people, I, I don't think that's the case so much. I think they want to know that. I don't think they have to be taught all this. I think already that passion exists, which I don't think we see so much in the older generation. And I, I think that that's really crucial because they're the ones that are going to have to be around to resolve that. And I think, yeah, it's the manifesto for, for us in our community, I suppose, feels like a, a small way to kind of get some control and get involved in that. Because I think so often we, as most people do, kind of sit back and look at decision makers and feel really frustrated about about the way they're handling things, but actually what we can all do is we can do something in our community and we can try to kind of change things, even if it's on a, a small level. And, and I think, you know, for us getting young people involved in that and actually young people leading on that is, is just really essential. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it sounds empty almost because it's been repeated so often, but you are the future. So <laughs> you are the ones that, um, not only need to live with it, but also need to be involved in solving it and the big problems that all of us are facing, obviously. Um, so Carolina, how do you think protected areas can help give a voice to young people and contribute to finding these solutions to yeah, the global challenges we are facing? Yes, I think the first step is sensibilization, is uh, uh, awareness. Uh, about of this issue and then uh, action in maybe small acts but they are meaningful for example with our advisory board every year we organize um, an event called nature beats um, which is composed by many activities and one of them one of them is inviting some a small local organization made by youngsters, like 20 years old, and to talk about um, climate change and natural issues. For example, we invited uh, Fridays for Future, or, you know, that kind of associations to talk about uh, about climate issues to adults and also youngsters in order to make them realize in a more specific way which are the problems in their play because we always talk about a global point of view about the climate change but no many not many people look at it in their in their land yeah perfect um I think that's exactly it. We can't solve global 
challenges alone and we need to do it together and starting maybe from a grassroots movement wherever you can. Enya, obviously the Youth Action Team is a great initiative and um, why do you think other protected areas should also create these spaces for young people? Yeah, I think, I suppose protected areas are a great place to kind of implement things like this um, because it's easier to see things happening sometimes, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the impact on the climate, actually you can experience a change or an improvement on a habitat firsthand, really up close, much, much faster than you could ever in a city or in a bigger place. And I think it it feels like you can make a tangible difference, which is, I think, really encouraging. And I obviously there's a lot to be protected in those areas. Um, and I think that's a really good place to start because young people can actually get involved and see, you know, not just how they're making a difference in the kind of youth participation side, but actually how they're making a difference in their environment and their planet. And our group have, have done some activities around sort of invasive species removal. And I, I think it was really kind of exciting to see that tide start to turn slowly on things. And um, you, you maybe would never see, because uh, you know we mentioned that kind of, it, it can feel maybe overwhelming sometimes, the, the kind of situation and, and feel like we're never gonna make a difference to this. And I think a lot of people check out or become disengaged because they think it's, it's nothing to do with them and their small part won't make a difference but actually in a protected area and like a national park you can really see that difference you know one person's sort of impact that it really is there so I think it's a great place a great place to start and I, I think well back to the point I made right at the beginning you know I had a sort of uh, you know an attraction and I, I felt I felt something for my national park because I I grew up there and I, I think actually starting it in a place where people are more likely to already feel connected to nature and more likely to have that kind of love for it is a really important thing to do um, and then kind of building it from there. Thanks a lot. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more and um, I hope that upon listening to this um, other protected areas will feel inspired and um, yeah start involving youth on a on all levels of protected area management. So um, I just want to conclude with you guys a little bit because of course already we've heard uh, the potential protected areas have in solving large scale issues in involving youth and um, making rural areas um, livable for future gener generations. But I would like to circle it all down a bit to you guys and I want to would like to know how you have personally benefited from the engagement in your park. So, Carolina, how about yeah? Feel free to start. And how has being involved in your protected area helped you grow, or what skills have you been able to learn? Well, um, first of all, I could see how a park, or but not only park, a public structure works i mean sometimes people make it easy to to talk and criticize sometimes and you know seeing it from an internal point of view helps to grow up and to see how the work the world works you start also to see some opportunity in your future perfect perfect and is there any 
skill that that you like i don't know public speaking or anything like that something that you said okay this really improved or helped me uh, due to the being part in the advisory uh, in the uh, yeah youth advisory board well um yes teamwork and uh, i don't know mm, yes i think mainly this because yes you have to decide stuff and uh, call people make reunions meetings and stuff like that and yes being agree with everybody yep and i think especially in the in the field of nature conservation and really let's be honest any other field there's really nothing more important than teamwork and getting together to get the job done so to say so Anya, actually, I have the same question for you. Um, what would be your top skills that you were able to develop through the engagement uh, with the youth action team? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I would have agreed to do this podcast two years ago. I would have been too nervous about that. So there's definitely been sort of a confidence boost. Um, and, you know, similar kind of thoughts to what Carolina said there around, around teamwork and around sort of you know, working in different settings, sort of maybe more adult settings, going and presenting to meetings and, you know, board meetings, things I would never have, you know, known how to do or had the experience in, I, I think has been a really helpful thing um, in this. And I've had so many opportunities through being involved, you know, some of it seems really exciting, like traveling abroad, that we've, you know, been to other countries, but also, you know, actually getting involved in things in the community that I would never, well, I had never heard of before. Um, and meeting lots of other like-minded young people. I think that for me has been one of the, the best things about it is actually having a kind of place to talk, talk to people about some of the things that we're feeling and actually look at what does that mean and how can we do something then? Um, and for me, I think, it, you know, the, the group has been a good outlet for sort of translating all of our ideas and frustrations and hopes from from growing up and, and living rurally into actual meaningful action. Um, and I suppose being a small part of developing a system where hopefully the new norm is that young people become engaged and feel like they are part of something. And I just think that's all been, you know, really exciting. And, you know, overall, it's just it's great fun. Like we've, we've had so much fun, the group of us, and some of us have been involved for several years now, and some people are, are just new to the group. And I think that's really great. There's that kind of, ever-evolving group of people that all just have something in common and all sort of are working towards the same goals. Enya, maybe for you, if you could give one tip to other protected areas that want to implement the manifesto and more strongly involve you, what would it be? I think to, to ask young people how, how they want to be involved and, you know, rather than just kind of presuming you know the things that would, would be good for young people just talk to them ask young people what they want thanks Anya I really think that's a great tip and with that tip we've reached the end of our podcast today I hope it could serve as a source of inspiration on how and why to involve young people in your protected area now if you're looking for some more inspiration or information on how to join Europark's youth programs just go to europark.org slash young minus people. There's a wealth of information and resources there. Thanks for listening and until next time. Bye.
Eurobark Podcast. Voices from the Parks.